722, welcome back to Relate. This weekend, Pastor Joby laid out what it looks like for faithfulness and fidelity to be the foundation of your marriage. Last week, we got to hear from Elder Rusty and his wife, Amy, on growing old in love. And today, we have another one of our incredible elders, Glenn and his wife, Joy. Glenn and Joy have that marriage that it's what feels like we're all going for. They're sold out for Jesus, their kids love them and the Lord, and they clearly love one another. So no pressure, but we're glad you're wow. here today. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, so we're gonna get started. Um, today's icebreaker, so everyone will answer. When your spouse is not there, so maybe they're out of town or wherever they are, what is something you realize that they help you with that you take for granted? So when your spouse is not there, maybe they're out of town, what is something you realize that they help you with that you normally take for granted? Glenn, we're going to start down there with you. Okay. There's not a whole lot of time that Joy's out of the house and I'm around. So uh, usually these are the times where I'm thinking, I'm going to get all kinds of things done. I'm going to redo the backyard. I'm going to clean the attic. Um, and then I realize that there's all these things that happen because she's around and now I have to take care of. Just little routine things during the day, whether it's feeding the dogs or uh, taking out the trash, which I guess I do anyways. It just seems like the day just goes on and on. All of a sudden, it's, it's kind of right. over with. So I, it gives me an appreciation for how much stuff she just does during the day that makes things happen. It's good. Okay, Joy, how about you? Well, uh, I saw that question, and I thought, do you, is the travel nine months of a deployment? Right, there you go. Or is it a nine-day <laughs> trip? Because those needs are very different. That is true. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. <laughs> so for me, I kind of went both ways. Um, on the nine-day trip, the things I miss about Glenn is that, uh, you know, even when we, our kids were little, he was my friend, and we would mm -hmm. communicate at night and um, just kind of, we've always had a lot of fun together. Um, and then when he was deployed, which he did several of those nine months stints away from the family the those those were darker times that um you know what i missed not to go too crazy deep was just a relationship with my husband he was gone yeah. and it wasn't in a time where it's 2021 where people can communicate so mm -hmm. those were some long periods of silence for sure, for sure. okay what about you two uh, when Gretchen's gone, which is rare, I have zero plans to accomplish anything. <laughs> and that's pretty much what I accomplish. <laughs> but what I miss is just she does all the cleaning, and apparently I'm a slob. Like, I feel like I just sat there, and then the whole house is a wreck. And I'm like, how does this? I was just sitting here watching TV all day, and I'm a mess. So. Because you I, have two little tornadoes going right. around you. That's true. Okay, what about yeah. for you, Gretchen? Um, every time you go out of town, something breaks. <laughs> right, of course. For sure. The last time was the garage door broke. Oh, oh no. It's either that or the AC or... Hot water heater last the time before that. Hot water yeah, heater. Big things. Like, yeah. And it's usually like two days after he leaves, and you're just like, why? Why is this always? Right. Or, or a snake is always in our backyard. <laughs> I had to call our neighbor, I think, over last summer four times to kill a snake in our backyard. Oh, my gosh. He was gone every single time. So, yeah, I appreciate the fact that he fixes things and he's on it when they do break. Yes. 
when he is home. <laughs> That's because the snakes flee when I'm there. I know. Right, right, right. Okay. Right, right. The serpent crusher is in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So, Joy and Glenn, we know how awesome you are. You're an elder over our church, and you have been plugged in with our church for many years. But was there ever a time in your marriage where it was not going awesome? And if so, why did you choose to stay committed to one another? Hmm. I'll speak to that. We were in uh, San Diego and I was on a pretty hard duty where I was gone a lot and we just weren't, our lives weren't terribly uh, synced up. Mm. I mean, she's home with three kids, five, three and a baby and I'm gone most of the time, either actually gone for days on end or just gone during the work day. And I can just remember, it was kind of <laughs> funny because we laugh about it, I'm, I'm getting ready in the morning and I, and I actually say to her, I go, I feel like right now you don't really even like me. <laughs> she goes, yeah, I love you, but I don't really like you. <laughs> I could see you saying that. We had to think through that, but it kind of led itself to conversation. We're like, okay, we're going to get through this season. And yeah, we did. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of, it was a little bit of a, we need to make sure we're being a little more intentional perhaps mm. with how we're spending the time we did have together together. Because we were kind of just living parallel lives mm. at the time, what we felt like. For sure. For sure. Anything you want to add? Mm. No, I would just say that uh, that was a time that we were living in the same house, but we're, you know, kind of co-located is what I would call it. But we were not in a good, solid relationship with each other or Jesus at that mm. point. Mm. And so... Um, I would say that we suffered the consequence of that taking um, a sidestep. And so, yeah, it was not a great time. And so how'd you come back from that? What'd you do to... Well, I'm a child of divorce, so I believe you're either going to have a homicide, like you said Sunday, (laughs) or we're going to stay married. And that, you know, everybody comes at this differently. Glenn came, uh, you know, his family, his parents were married until they both died. And so in his mind, he didn't even know what divorce was. When, but for me, uh, I, when I went into this marriage, I thought I will never do that, no matter what it takes. And so people respond to divorces of parents in different ways. But for me, that was like, we're going to figure this out. It might be high, it might be low, but we are not, I'm not repeating that cycle. Yeah. I think we were probably mature enough, too, to know that we're not in a great place right now, but it's the season, mm-hmm. and we're just going to do our best right. to you know, stay as connected as we can and press on. And it wasn't too much longer, and that season ended, and we were able to yeah. spend a little more time together. Yeah. It does help if you're in the same house for a little bit. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, all right, so <laughs> a lot of the questions today, we're covering... Uh, the whole gamut of scenarios, much of which you discussed in your sermon. So the first one has to do with um, being a widow. So we got this question. It says, I'm 70 years young. I love that. I'm 70 years young, unexpected widow of 15 months. My husband and I were married 34 years, and I miss him so very much, especially during this series. My grief counselor said I'm at a good place in my life, and I owe that to surrendering my life to Jesus and faithfully listening daily to old sermons. I pray every day asking God to guide me on what to do next with my life. We were supposed to grow old together. So, Pastor Joe, we will start with you. What do you do when death actually parts you? Uh, you cry a lot. I mean, it's really, that's so sad, you know, like when I read that. It's just that my heart just goes out for the person that sent that in. And God gave us emotions to navigate life. And so there's nothing wrong with being sad. I know it's not fun, but... <clears throat> um, 
Ecclesiastes 3 has a whole list of different emotions that God gives us. And I think there are no bad emotions and you should feel the feels when it's appropriate. And so when you feel like crying, you should cry. So that when it's time to rejoice and thank God for the blessing of 34 years of somebody that you love and miss, that's a really good thing to give God praise for. And then um, the Bible says that God has a special place in his heart for the widow. So just know that, that the Spirit of God will comfort you. And then also Paul, he's talking about it really on the front end, about being single, but he does say that when you get married, you, you divide your potential in half. And as a married person, you can't do nearly as much for the kingdom of God as you can as a single. So maybe one of the things that you should pray through is to figure out maybe God has something in store for you in the church or in the kingdom that you didn't have time for when you were married. That's really good. Joy, anything you could add to that? Encourage this woman who's kind of looking at her second season of life, wondering what to do? You know, I read that and of course I cried. I'm a crier. But uh, (laughs) that's how it is. Um, But no, first I want to say to whoever that was, I'm sorry. I mean, that is, that's heavy. Um, And that I agree with exactly, and my thoughts were exactly what Pastor Joby just said, is that it's time to dig in and see what the Lord has and surround yourself with people that are going to encourage you in that way. I mean, be, get in the herd, so to speak. Don't, you know, the enemy will trick you. He'll say, oh, well, now I don't have a husband. I can't go to dinner with my friends that are still married or whatever. He'll, he'll, he wants to isolate us. That's, that's like step one. So I would just encourage her to not get isolated and get with some, some good ladies that can encourage her. Yes. That's so good. Pastor Joe, we will have you answer this. This question is not about joining our lives together. It's about God's law versus man's law. Is it possible to marry with a biblical ceremony and not have the legal documentation? No. (laughs) Unless you're Braveheart. Tell us more. (laughs) Great movie. Great movie. movie. (laughs) So the fact that the question was asked that man's law is somehow opposed to or versus God's law is the opposite of what Romans chapter 13 says. And Romans chapter 13 says that God has instituted these laws to enact His will. And the reason I said, Braveheart, unless you were in some sort of tyrannical governmental situation where you put your spouse at harm if you legally married, then they got married secretly in the woods for that reason. I think God might be okay with that kind of thing. But, man, that is not what we're talking about here in America. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about is, listen, when you get married, you're becoming one. That, that means same address, same bank account, same bedroom, same name, mm-hmm. and that includes legally getting married. Mm-hmm. There's always something behind that question, man. I don't know what it is, but there's some, some like, I want my cake and eat it too thing going on there that people are... That, that is different than I'm giving all of me to all of you, and I'm also receiving from me all of who you are, all the benefits, all the love, and all the baggage, and all the debt, and all the, mm-hmm. you don't get alimony, whatever that thing is that people are trying to, like, get around. There's no, like, we're married in our heart. That's not a thing. Mm-hmm. It's, we are married in all the ways, and legally is one of those. You look like you have some thoughts I would love you to share. Yeah, girl. <laughs> no, I think it's interesting that you said that. There, I mean, what would be the reason to not get legally married? You're right. There's there's something. There's a lot behind that question. Yeah, for sure. So. It's definitely an exit plan, I think. Mm. <laughs> I think Correct. that's just well, that's an exit true. plan. Yeah. Easy exit plan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Gretchen, we're going to start with you on this question. This is um, in regards to infidelity. What do we do when we want to stay married, but because of infidelity, we are finding it very difficult? <clears throat> we have little to no trust. We have built up resentment and lingering unforgiveness. How can we move forward? Carefully. <laughs> Slowly. I think it's going to take a lot of time. Um, infidelity is almost like going, you're almost going through a loss, it seems like, because you're having to start over with your own spouse almost. So this happens and you choose to reconcile and it's, it's like you're starting your marriage all over again. The trust, even your whole relationship, trust first and that's, that takes the longest time. So I think that honestly, it's going to take time. It's going to take counseling. And if you're not in counseling, you need to get in counseling and you need to listen to each other and you need to forgive whoever wronged you and um and you need to seek the lord first that's good in the and you know in the entire thing if you're not seeking the lord it probably won't work out yeah glenn any thoughts you could share what advice did you have for the husband trying to lead through this in a marriage yeah first of all that was really really well said i agree with i agree with that gretchen i think for the husband um there has there's going to have to be a humility that is that he hasn't offered to his wife before. Uh, this action is probably a secondary action to an issue of pride, to an issue of I want, I deserve, I need. Uh, this is a significant betrayal of trust. There's a lot of work to do, but I think it's going to start. And I, and I appreciate in the question that they said we want to make this marriage work. So if you want to make this marriage work, you are going to have to humble yourself before the Lord. You're going to have to humble yourself before your wife and begin to rebuild and try to figure out together how did we get to that place? How did I, the adulterer, get to that place? But it's going to, you have to humble yourself. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, our next question is from a woman who had an almost 37-year marriage and is feeling like it's dead. She says, during our younger years, we stuck it together just for the kids and now for the grandkids. We know marriage is a covenant and all our lives, we didn't think we could get out of it, so we stuck it out. However, the real question is, is there an escape clause if it is absolutely 100% mutual? I know we hear from your teaching that if the tomb is empty, anything is possible, but we are two worn out, tired, middle-aged people with feeling like no hope for more than anything of a meh sort of relationship. So sad, man. <laughs> <laughs> so these down. questions are like the worst. I, I, listen. Wow, we got so, the downer week, didn't we? <laughs> the short answer is no, there's not an escape clause. Because what are you trying to escape from? That our love should not grow old and tired. The Bible says that God is love and he doesn't grow old and tired. That our relationship with him is supposed to grow in knowledge and depth of insight. And that's what's supposed to happen in our marriage too. But even if it doesn't, and even if you don't like each other, you're looking, you're looking through this filter of my covenant is about how this person makes me feel, you know. And nowhere in the Bible does the Bible talk about love that way. That you, this couple should just love each other. And I'm, and I'm not talking about hearts and candies. I'm talking about be patient and kind. Just do 1 Corinthians 13. Serve one another. And then watch what happens. Maybe you will rebuild a friendship, but regardless, you'll be faithful unto the Lord, serving one another until you die. And that's what you do. Now, you could choose to 
try to stack some logs back up on those that fire that at some point was there, mm-hmm. and and maybe the spirit of God will blow on it and it'll. I've seen I've seen crazier things happen for sure. Yeah, right. That's right. I mean, surely if the couple that sent the previous question can make it, mm-hmm. then you two that are just kind of bored and tired, and then also remember what Jesus said to you if you're tired. He says, "Come to me, mm-hmm. all who are." weary and heavy burden, and he would give you rest for your soul. So it's come to Jesus, and it's start loving, like, love like as in a verb, loving one another. Joy, anything you can add? Well, I will say we have our 35th wedding anniversary Monday. Nice. So, Congrats. Yeah. Love Thank that. It's awesome. I'll be at the retreat center. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Which is awesome, actually. Which, no, in all seriousness, I was thinking about, we have actually a lot of friends that are in that season, and those are kind of questions, actually, I get more regularly than you'd probably think. And so, you know, for Glenn and I, um, we looked at this season of life as an opportunity for us to dig in and really serve the Lord. And... When you do that and you see your husband doing that, it's a, it, it gets fun. Mm. Like you get excited because you got the same thing going on. <laughs> and um, I would say if you want to, you know, light the fire a little bit, no joke, uh, in, in all seriousness, start serving the Lord and quit serving yourself. Mm. And when you do that, uh, you will find new exciting ways. And I also would say on a practical way, there, you know, if you, just because you've done it that way for 37 years, figure out a new way to do it. Mm-hmm. Like get excited. There's yeah. a whole world out there and people and relationships. And this should be an opportunity where you go, hey, guess what? The kids are gone. We can have a date day. We don't have to, there's no carpool. There. I mean, if you look at it from opportunity rather than, oh my gosh, I've, I've given my whole life to my children. Well, bad on you for doing that, I will say. And if you're doing that, stop. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole nother sermon. Um, but I'm not the preacher. <laughs> okay, let's preach. You're good. You go for it. Is that, though, invest in each other along the way, and that probably won't happen. But at the end of the day, if you are serving self and not Jesus, that is just what's going to happen. Gretchen, can you speak a little to those that are in the midst of the kid season where it feels like maybe that could be pulling them away, pulling you away from marriage and that temptation to focus all your efforts on, on your kids? Can you speak to that a little? Yeah, because I don't, I don't understand the question that we just had because from the beginning, we have always said we, our marriage comes first. Our marriage comes even before our kids. And I know some people go, oh, that's a terrible thing to say. But if your marriage doesn't come first, your relationship with your kids, it's, it's always going to struggle. And so we have always said we come first and our, our marriage comes first. And you're not going to give up on your kids. You're, you don't want an escape clause from your kids, right, mm-hmm. or your grandchildren. So why would you... Why would you want that from your spouse? Mm-hmm. When you get married, you're married for life, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's what God um, ordained, and that's that's what He wants for us. Yeah, that's really good. So, I mean, I think that from the beginning, if people are in that time in their life where they have little ones, you got to take time for your marriage, mm-hmm. and if you don't, you something that Rebecca said last 
uh, two weeks ago or whenever it was, something that she said was, uh, if you don't deal with the problems now, you're going to find yourself 20, 30 years mm -hmm. from now with a hill of problems that you don't know what to do with. And it sounds like that that could be the issue there. Right. It's just that they've not ever dealt with it. So sure. got to deal with it when the kids are little. Mm -hmm. And let the kids see you put your marriage first. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's very true. Okay, so our closing question on a bit of a lighter note to leave everyone with some encouragement. <laughs> Okay, so aside from your relationship with Jesus, no Jesus juking here, what are one or two words that describe the most important thing about your marriage? So when you're dead and gone, what is one thing you want people to say about your marriage? We'll start down here. That we put each other first. <laughs> see, previous answer. Yeah, I mean, that I, I want people to see say that they saw how much he loved me um, and that I loved him and that hopefully in turn our family however many grandchildren or whatever that is um see the fact that it all started with the love that we had for each other that's awesome How do you talk um about yeah i'm a i'm i am addicted to my wife and uh in all the ways in all the bedroom ways that we've been talking about for the past several weeks but then also just like we're really good friends, yeah. you know? I think that sums it up more than anything else. We're just really good. I would rather spend time with her than all of y'all. <laughs> and, and that's just true. We have a lot of fun together. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. Okay, what about you guys? I think the same, that we, um, we were committed and we had a lot of fun along the way and we enjoyed our life here on this earth together. And, um, and then when it wasn't so fun, we, we stayed the course. Because it's not always fun. So. I think also practically we are intentional about being kind to one another. And my hope is that our kids and grandkids will see that. Uh, we honor each other. And, you know, it's a harsh world out there the way that people act and talk to each other. And inside our house, we're kind to each other. It's mm. really good. Well, thank you guys so much. I would say as a newly, still pretty newly married. How long? How long? Two, well, like two and a half years now. Oh, big time. We're still, we go with the house because it gives us more street cred. But I would just say thank you. Like, I look at both of your marriages and I want it. And so all of these answers and even all of the heavy questions, it really helps so many people because you have what all of us want. And so when we get to hear your wisdom, it just means so much. So thank you. And for those of you at home, if you've heard anything today and are thinking that you'd love to do something to work on your marriage, we have some resources to help you grow and cultivate your marriage. You can check out coe22.com slash resources and click the marriage button and you'll see a list of books and podcasts and workbooks, all the things to get you going. So thank you for tuning in with us today. Next week, we will be back for our final Relate episode, which wow. is crazy. We have a very special guest. She's about four and a half feet tall, loves sparkles and doing handstands, and has amazing parents. Yes, Reagan Martin will be with us telling us all about how to raise up the next generation. Am I right? That's accurate, right? That is very accurate. <laughs> She's an expert. I may just be out of a job next week. So, um, all right, we'll see you next week, church.